No, clickbait. Uh, clickbait. Oh, clickbait. Nah, clickbait. Clickbait. Somebody should do a podcast about clickbait. Clickbait. You are listening to Clickbait with Ian and Gail, where scrolling is a thing of the past. There are no next buttons, and sarcastic fun is our specialty. This is Clickbait, and here's Ian and Gail. Clickbait! Hello, and welcome to the Clickbait Podcast, where we search out, talk about, and make fun of strange stories so you don't have to. Let's get started. You might be hard-pressed to find anyone in the civilized world that hasn't heard of Bigfoot, whether it be the American Sasquatch, the Yeti of the Himalayan Mountains, or Japan's Hibigon. It seems that most countries have some sort of giant ape-like creature in their folklore. There are tales of these creatures terrorizing local people and a belief by some that they are not dangerous at all, that they are in fact a benevolent protector of the earth. Today, we will focus on the Russian Bigfoot and the story of Oksana Tertesgliana. I think I said that right. That'll do. A 19-year-old girl who is allegedly, according to St. Petersburg psychiatrist Nikolai Borachuk, abducted and forced into marriage by a Bigfoot. The story was recounted by Borachuk through the notes he took while treating turtle... Can, can we just call her Oksana? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but is Boyerchuk's apologue accurate? Did a Bigfoot abscond with Oksana? Was Oksana forced into malicious matrimony with this massive monkey? Or did Nikolai lie? Join us as we retell this terrific tale in today's episode, Bigfoot, Abduction and Sex. Sasquatch, Sasquatch, knocking on the trees, chucking rocks and screaming like a troop of chimpanzees. Sasquatch, Sasquatch, running around my place, are you the missing link or are you from outer space? After a fight with her boyfriend, 19-year-old Oksana went for a walk in the woods to be alone with her feelings. And her vibrator. (laughs) However, by the time she realized she was lost... And she'd forgotten to insert a fresh battery. (laughs) What is it with you? (laughs) By the time she realized she was lost, it was too late. She came across raspberry bushes and decided to eat some berries before she would start looking for her way home. Because that's what I would do. (laughs) While she was picking raspberries, she heard a strange noise nearby, as if someone were grunting. And then the girl moved the branches aside and she saw a big, hairy creature that looked like an orangutan. The girl screamed and fainted. Now, I haven't read up on what you do when you come in contact with a Bigfoot, but evidently playing dead is the wrong response. This is why I always carry beef jerky with me when I go hiking. (laughs) Look, bad stuff happens in the woods, right? That's where Roy Sullivan kept getting hit by lightning. It's where David Huggins was first abducted by aliens. The lesson here, kids, is stay inside and play violent video games. (laughs) Said Oksana, I came to in a cave. I could hear a stream nearby and there were rays of light coming down on me from a hole in the ceiling. Tang, that's what I called the creature afterwards, was sitting opposite me. Why Tang? Wouldn't Big Hairy Fucker be more appropriate? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Anyway, he was baring his teeth as if he were angry. And I realized later that was just his smile. (laughs) (laughs) The hairy, the hairy animal came up to me and started sniffing my clothes. Then he roared and tore my clothes to pieces. Hello. 
<laughs> Hashtag me too. My heart was about to explode with horror. Then he can, then he continued sniffing me until his nose stopped near my groin. He was probably hungry and smelled sushi. <laughs> he roared again and threw himself over me. You know, that's how I treat a woman on our first date. It sets the tone of the relationship and she can either accept it or be on her way. <laughs> when Oksana woke up the next morning, she realized that she had become the prisoner and the wife of the hairy creature. <laughs> when Tang was going out, I um, hope he uh, asked for a kitchen pass, mm-hmm. he would cover the entrance to the cave with a big boulder, leaving no way for the girl to escape. Tang would always bring something home to eat. Berries, nuts, mushrooms, eggs. Sausage McMuffin. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> or, uh, or raw meat. Uh, and showed her a spring that ran through the cave to drink from. Sex with the animal became a daily torture for Oksana. <laughs> I bet that boyfriend's not looking so bad now. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't have been so bad if she had uh, put a little left into it. I mean, he's bringing her food, making sure she has water to drink. He's taking care of her in his own big footy kind of way. <laughs> A sort of Beauty and the Beast relationship began to develop. Tang showed interest in the girl's CD player. When the girl carefully showed the monster how to listen to the music in the headphones, the Bigfoot was horrified. It's probably a Nickelback CD. Uh, eventually he began to like the music because it was beaten into his head like they do on a top 40 station. Rock star over and over and over. But Tang became very upset when the music stopped playing because the batteries died. Said Oksana, I took the batteries out and gestured to him that it would not work without them. The next morning, Tang took one battery and left. When he returned to the cave in the evening, he had a pack of batteries with him. Yeah, big old D-cells. Where's my vibrator? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Oksana could not see days turn into night. But wait, wasn't there a hole in the roof? Uh, She also couldn't tell when summer turned to fall. Um, but when Tang started stocking food for winter, now how would she know he's stocking food for winter if she doesn't know if it's summer or fall? Right. It just, she could look out the hole that doesn't exist anymore in the cave. <laughs> anyway, Oksana figured there was already autumn outside. She tried to explain to the beast that she was cold. Well, of course she's cold. She's married now. <laughs> Tang listened to his wife and left. Turns out she was able to emasculate Tang and use him to run her errands. <laughs> And the next thing you know, he'll be sitting on a bench in the mall holding her purse while she tries on clothes. <laughs> that evening, <laughs> that evening, Tang returned with a warm padded jacket and pants. It became known afterwards that the girl's story coincided with the story of a tractor driver who said that a monster attacked him in the beginning of October, shook him out of his clothes, and then disappeared. I looked for that story, but I couldn't find an account of it, but I'm sure it's true. It was on the internet. Of course it's true. Imagine you're on a tractor tilling your fields or whatever, and out of the woods comes this giant hairy monster. Assuming this is the end, you make your peace with God and face down the beast. Unless you're me, in which case you fall to the ground, curl up in a ball, and hope the squatch is <laughs> so disgusted by the fact that you shit all over yourself, he just walks away. <laughs> Either way, Bigfoot grabs you up by the foot, shakes you so hard your clothes come off, then he drops you, takes your clothes, and leaves you there naked and afraid. I mean, you go the rest of your life wondering what the hell was that all about? And you're covered in shit, too. <laughs> yeah, and you're covered in shit. <laughs> Well, you are. <laughs> Oksana was happy to find a lighter in the pocket of the jacket. She made a fire using dry leaves and branches from the floor of the cave. Sounds like she was a shitty wife if the cave was that dirty. I mean, Tang runs her errands for clothes and batteries, brings home foods. Sounds like she's a selfish bitch. 
The fire frightened Tang and caused him to cower in the corner and become very quiet. Feeling sorry for him, Oksana overcame her fears and began to stroke Tang on the head. Finally, she's doing her part. (laughs) (laughs) She's about fucking time. (laughs) He put his big arm around her and Mm -hmm. whined. (laughs) That's typical guy behavior, right? They get sick and scared and they run to a woman for comfort. You know, I take back when I call Oksana a bitch. Tang is the bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What I don't understand is why, when she knew he was afraid of fire, did she not use that to her advantage and escape? I mean, it sounds like she's starting to like a situation. I mean, the Stockholm Syndrome or something where those hostages develop a psychological alliance with their captors as a survival strategy. Um, either that or she just liked the sex. <laughs> Once you go squatch. You know? <laughs> well, eventually, Tang overcame his fears and he would join his wife by the fire. Oksana recounts, we started frying chestnuts and meat. <laughs> frying meat. I'll bet he was frying some meat. Tang was thrilled when he tasted fried meat. I also hoped that hunters would notice the smoke coming from the hole in the ceiling of the cave, but that never happened. Hey, the hole is back. Yay! I told you this story had holes in it. In the winter, Oksana caught a cold. She says, Tang understood that I was ill, and he tried to feed me with some roots and plants. He would hug me tight at night and make me warmer. Oh, good old Tang. Good old Tang. (laughs) Oksana managed to escape from her prison in the spring. Her relationship with Tang had become almost perfect by that time. In other words, she had completely browbeat the joy out of him, breaking him down to a shell of his former self so that he would do her bidding just because it was easier than telling her, I'd rather watch the game tonight than go out with your friends. (laughs) You okay, buddy? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You know, it's just, you know what? Nothing. Forget it. (laughs) Okay, so here's the breakdown from the escape. Ian, walk us through it. Okay, so one day as Tang was going out. Probably to get feminine hygiene products for Oksana. I mean, it had been a year. Uh, you know what? She probably made tampons out of twigs and armpit hair. It's all natural. You know, I think you can get them a fresh and easy. <laughs> you know, at first, I thought, man, that sounds painful. But I guess after Sasquatch has been wrecking your cooter, you might not even notice a small bundle of sticks up there. <laughs> so, as he was leaving, he covered the entrance to the cave with a boulder as usual, but didn't notice a small gap they left uncovered. It took the girl great effort to sneak outside, but when she finally succeeded to get out of the cave, she ran without stopping until she came across some people in the woods. So either she was a hell of a distance runner, (laughs) Tang was the ultimate hide-and-seek player, or the Russian people are so stupid not to notice a Bigfoot in their backyard. I mean, if I were a betting man, I I don't know here. (laughs) I think I would go with the Russian people being stupid. You know, it wasn't a mistake. What? The gap. It wasn't a mistake. Tang left it there like like when you get a cat, you thought getting a cat would be fun, but then you realize you've become its servant, feeding it, cleaning up its shit. Whenever it wants petting, it throws itself on you. I mean, the parallels to Tang's situation are undeniable. <laughs> so, so one day, when you've finally had enough, you accidentally leave the door open and the cat escapes. Problem solved. Yeah, it likely gets run over and turned into taco meat by the roadside taco van. <laughs> I mean, it's true, you know. I've, I've been, uh, I worked in Mexico a lot in the late 90s, and we would often drive to work in the morning, and there would be roadkill dogs, cats, possums, and chupacabra all over the place. <laughs> Coming back into town for lunch, there would be a dozen taco stands lining the road and zero roadkill. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this shit out. <laughs> right. 
All right, so after she escaped, um, her parents brought Oksana to our hospital, says Boyachart. The girl was mentally incompetent, and all <laughs> she kept saying was she had been married to a Bigfoot for a year. So she's a little smarter than the kids in the U.S. public school systems <laughs> <Yeah>. then. <laughs> That's why I send my boy to a charter school. Yeah. She was afraid of going out even during the day, and she was terribly afraid of the dark. In addition, Oksana could not eat normal food, the doctor said. <laughs> or have sex with a normal man. Or, or even an abnormal one. <laughs> Eventually, she told her story to the doctor, but the doctor told her it was all part of her delirium. When the girl realized that nobody believed her story, she gave way to despair. She wouldn't eat or respond to her parents when they visited. That's not unusual for a teenager. You need to create a fake profile on Snapchat or Tinder or pretend you're a Brazilian <laughs> footballer to get teenage chicks to talk to you. Here, check out my profile. Wait. Okay. Uh, no, that's a dick pic. That's a dick pic. That's a dick pic. That's a dick pic. <laughs> And there's chicken here somewhere. I said, no, no, wait, nope, wait, that's another dick pic. Oh my God, that's a squatch dick pic. <laughs> so what you're saying here is now you have a thousand dick pic portfolio? Uh, yeah, well, sort of, yeah. What are you going to do? Well, hopefully delete the portfolio for one. <laughs> so one day, though, Oksana did start to come around and, and rather quickly. Yeah, she found more fresh D cells, I reckon. <laughs> I'd have think that between uh, Sasquatch playing hide the sausage and those tampons made out of branches, that little rabbit isn't going to do much for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she needs like the Ultra Vibe 3000. It's, it's got a kickstart and comes with a kill switch attached to your wrist. Just in case. Just in case, So she started eating, talking, and even laughing. Uh, when the doctors told her that she was getting better, Oksana laughed and she said that she had never been sick. <laughs> She'd just been taking the penicillin for a friend. <laughs> oh, do you think she got squatch cooties? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Um, she said that he, I'm assuming she's talking about Tang, right. uh, knew where she was and that he would come to rescue her. Doctors considered such behavior a new stage of Oksana's illness and decided to isolate her in a special room. Yeah, probably a padded one. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. However, the girl disappeared from her ward at night in the middle of November. Someone very strong pulled steel bars out of the brick wall. <laughs> like some wild west shit. Oksana's ward mates. Ward mates. That's a very nice term for other prisoners. Of the nut jobs. The nut jobs. Oksana's ward mates all said that a huge hairy monster had kidnapped the girl. Ward guards never managed to track the Bigfoot because of the heavy snowfall. <laughs> they didn't send a search party out or anything. Just, well... I guess she's gone now. Yep, that's it. She's gone. <laughs> I mean, a big hairy monster came and got her. Now, I realize that this story really throws shade on Tang, making him out to be a bad gorilla or whatever. So let's not give all the blame to these Bigfoot creatures. The road to bestiality goes both ways. Take the story of Akimbo Abwebwe, for example. <laughs> that's the best I could do. Abwebwe. 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 Take the story of Akimbo Abwebwe, for example. So, Abuibui, a Abuibui, <laughs> was a... Bless you. <laughs> that's a crazy name. So, Abuibui, a 29-year-old zoo intern, originally from Gabon, was found guilty of feeding sedatives to Big George, a 15-year-old male gorilla, and one of the zoo's top attractions, and partaking in sexual activity with a sedated animal. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> or as they say in gorilla language... <laughs> <laughs> So the age of consent is in, in California is 18, too, so technically George is also a minor here. <laughs> Where's Chris Hansen in all this? He's been in a couple of our episodes, I think. Yes. 
According to video footage, Obwebwe proceeded to insert the animal's penis into his mouth for several minutes, but apparently overestimated the strength of the medication. Big George woke up and attacked Obwebwe. He said, you have 20 minutes to quit that. <laughs> Obwebwe's screams alerted other zoo employees who came to his aid. Yet, yeah, you think? Yeah. Did you know that a gorilla has a one and a half inch penis when fully erect? You jealous much, Gail? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't going to put that out there for the whole world, but uh, there you go. Uh, you know, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised that you did. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why they're so freaking mean, you know? It's like when a, a guy buys a big truck to make up for his little dick. Yeah, gorillas can't drive, so they beat the shit out of everything around them. <laughs> I, I can see that. Uh, although Mr. Abuibui, oh, he's going to miss no, now. No, he's, he's important now. <laughs> claims his sexual relationship was consensual. Video footage clearly shows he attempted to sedate the animal. With little blue bills. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Simmons, a San Diego Zoo spokesperson, told reporters, although Mr. Abuibui claims the sexual relationship was consensual, video footage <laughs> clearly shows he attempted to sedate the animal. His conduct was clearly inappropriate. Really? No <laughs> shit. Yeah. His conduct was clearly inappropriate, reckless, and dangerous for him and the animal, he explained. But more for him, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Any sexual activity between animals and employees is strictly prohibited by San Diego Zoo policy, he added. <laughs> you're, you're kidding me. They actually have a policy for this. They hire such base humans that they need rules about getting it on with animals. It's unfucking real. <laughs> Can you imagine their sexual harassment training? No. I wonder if they use those dolls, you know, the same plush stuffed animal dolls. Yeah, and they show the new keepers. Uh, it's not okay to touch your animals here <laughs> or here or here. And you must never stick anything from your crotchal region in this hole or lick this area. <laughs> they probably don't even conduct the training. They just give you a book during onboarding. You know you never read that <laughs> shit. <laughs> You just sign the last page and turn it back in. Uh -huh. Six months later, you're standing in front of HR because sniffing your co-worker's hair during an inappropriately long hug is unacceptable. Dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. They could actually conduct the damn training. It's not fair. Fair for who? You, the pervy hair-sniffing co-worker? <laughs> I'm just surprised you kept a schnozzer above the poor girl's waist this time. Can we get back to the story? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. San Diego Zoo Administrator Jeanette Fitzgerald says Mr. Obwebwe may have acted out of despair after learning his wife had left him. Because he preferred porking gorillas. I mean, <laughs> how ugly must his wife have been that he upgraded to a gorilla? <laughs> you seen a picture of this guy? <laughs> Fucking frightening, this yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you haven't looked this up, definitely Google uh, Mr. Obwebwe. I think he would terrify the gorilla. <laughs> I mean, it's terrifying. I think so. So some employees had voiced uh, concerns that Mr. Obwebwe had recently become unusually friendly with the animals <laughs> since, since his divorce, but we could not have imagined it was this bad. <laughs> Come on. It was just a few beers after work and some horsing around. Of course, the horse said it was totally consensual, and Mr. Obwebwe had signed consent forms to prove it. <laughs> so said Fitzgerald, I'm not aware of Gabonese cultural practices, but according to current California law, bestiality is classified as a misdemeanor and is punishable by a maximum of six-month county jail sentence and a maximum of $1,000 fine. And an ass-beating by a gorilla. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we had to research Gabonese cultural practices, right? The, the Wikipedia was like eight sentences tops, but 
but we, being the amazing investigational sleuths that we are, <laughs> found the cultural link that we were looking for. Perfect. Take us through it. Apparently, it's a country with a primarily oral tradition. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Wasn't that just what he was trying to do? I believe so. I think they're, they're stepping on his human rights here. Yeah. So uh, up until the spread of literacy. Uh, or herpes. <laughs> in the 21st century. Yeah, you heard that right. The Gabonese were literally, pun completely intended, not into literature and books until the 21st century. All their folklore was passed down through song and story. So, you know, the village elder would have everyone sitting around the campfire and and he would tell stories of the village and shit like that. Yeah, well, most of the wiki page is about some dead Gabonese pop star who, by the way, recorded all her shit in Los Angeles. Here's a quick excerpt. All right. So that was Patience Dabney, and she is singing in French. Central Africa was colonized by the French, and it was adopted as a national language for many years, besides all the tribal dialects. This song is called L'Amour d'une Mère. And uh, now I took French in high school for two years. And the best I can figure, this song translates to this. L'Amour means love, of course. Dune is of one. And a mare is obviously a horse, right? <laughs> so literally, it's love your horse. And there you have it. Uh, it would appear that there is a cultural practice of bedoinking animals passed on in song and story. <laughs> well, you know, Google Translate says mirror is mother. Oh, so it's fuck your mother? I mean, seriously, is that any better? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because it turns out this story isn't true. Uh, but in typical clickbait fashion, we don't care. Which bit? The piece about the jail sentence and the fine, or the bit about the gorilla fellatio? Because I'm more inclined to believe that a guy gave a baboon a blowjob <laughs> and then a fella got pinched for bestiality in California. And something else, in this day and age, how do you know it's fake? I saw a dozen web pages run this story and one, one called it out as fake. I'm playing the odds here. 12 sites say yep and one says no. I'm going with the yay votes, mate. <laughs> you did research? Fuck you, yeah. traitor. <laughs> Do you to use the sex bot? Absolutely. <laughs> that concludes today's episode. If you'd like to support the Clickbait Podcast, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash clickbaitcast. If you would like to get in touch with us and make a story suggestion, send an email to clickbaitcasters at gmail.com. We don't promise to use your suggestion, but if we do, you will get a mention during that episode. At Clickbait, we don't claim to have written any of the source material that we've used in the making of our podcast. In fact, the very opposite is true. This is how it works. We do as little research as humanly possible to get the material we need. That usually means a questionable wiki page. Then we read the story and insert smart-ass comments as we see fit. Each episode would have a post at our Patreon page that refers back to those questionable sources we used. You know, that wiki page we spoke about? And all the credit goes to the folks that put in the actual work that makes our job easier. So we thank you, hard workers. 